How do you revive an overplayed genre? My name's Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week, the game spotlight shines on a really innovative title in a genre most of us have gotten really tired of. It's the best zombie game in ages. It's Dead of Winter. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, folks. Joining me this week are my co-hosts, Dan Legault. Hello. And Mandy Gelsma. Hello. So back in season one, our Halloween episode, also featuring Mandy, uh, was about zombie games. And I singled out City of Horror as the one truly great zombie game. But since then, Plat Hat Games has published Dead of Winter, designed by Jonathan Gilmore and Isaac Vega, and it has caused a sensation. Like City of Horror, it's not really about the zombies, but about the human survivors of the apocalypse and their struggle to stay alive under horrifying dog-eat-dog conditions. First, a quick uh, sort of recap of the whole zombie thing. Do you guys like zombie fiction, generally? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're fans of like shows like Walking Dead and all this other stuff? So, what is it you like about zombie fiction? I like anything that involves a dystopian future. Like, all right, society's rules no longer matter or exist and we have to fend for ourselves in this new world and the concept of zombies is always pretty cool okay how about you it's the outside threat i think um it's that sort of society's crumbling and how people pull together and all the personality traits that sort of exhibit themselves and become exacerbated by the situations around them i think that's the most fascinating part um mandy and i are both makeup artists and i think we both can appreciate a lot of the like mm-hmm. historical context of the makeup that's gone through zombies through their development throughout the years, right? It's it's a fairly recent trend, all things concerned. And fun fact, for Halloween one year when I was working at Snakes, I was a zombie. Nice. Zombie server. Yeah, I, I remember the makeup that you had for that. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've noticed that uh, when asking you about the things that you like about uh, zombie fiction, neither one of you mentioned zombies. And I think there's a good reason for that. Zombies are kind of boring, generally speaking, as a thing in and of themselves. And the problem, I think, with most zombie games is they focus too much on the zombies themselves and not enough on the challenges faced by survivors. I agree. That's yeah. what City of Horror and Dead of Winter have in common. So, have you played other zombie games? Ones in the more Resident Evil school of mowing down hordes of undead kind of thing. Absolutely. I've done zombies. I've done... Uh, That's zombies. one of the three exclamation points on the yep, end of the title. Yep. I mean, zombies! <laughs> I think it's how it's pronounced. It's in all caps, too. Yeah, so. Yep. Uh, I played a few in that series. You know, I played in number four and a couple of the expansions for that. Uh, I've done... Um... Oddly enough, I haven't played a lot of the zombie games, except for Zombie Dice, which is the least about zombies yeah, it's, of them it's, all. It's, it's just, just like a Google a, gambling game. Yeah. So, all right. Have you played Dead of Winter? Yes. And I loved it. Okay, Dan? Best game of 2014. Well then. So that's a very positive sort of endorsement. What was it about the game that you enjoyed? I think for me, uh, a big part of it is Shadows of Cam- Over Camelot's a game I really like. It's a little long, but I find that the aspects I like about it the best is the betrayer element being a possible wild card. There being somebody around the table who might not be on your side, but you're not too sure about that. So you don't know still... if there is a traitor or not. Exactly. You're still cooperating. Game. You're still working together to get ahead, but maybe somebody isn't. And you start to wonder, that thing that they just did last turn, was that... <laughs> was that really... Was that what they... What's in their hand? You know, stuff like that. I like that sort of psychological element. In the well, game. Dead of Winter certainly delivers on that front. For me, it's definitely the flavor text. I'm a big <laughs> fan of narrative in board games. And in that game, like, there's just such an attention to detail. Like, all the characters have these interesting backstories. And there's, like, these cards that get pulled randomly throughout the game. And little side stories happen. 
great. Yeah, the Crossroads cards are, I think, a fantastic addition to that genre. We're going to be getting to the Crossroads cards very soon. But for now, let's take a look at the game itself. So what does this game actually look like at the table? How many people are you going to be sitting with and what are you going to see? A lot of cardboard, a lot of pieces of paper, a lot of cards. That's 50 bits, the way I like it. (laughs) It does take up a big footprint. It would benefit, I think, a little more with miniatures, but it would be ridiculous also with miniatures. I don't know. I think I like the cardboard stand-ups. The the art style on uh, Dead of Winter has this really great sort of graphic novel sort of look to Mm -hmm, it. Definitely. And the board itself looks cold. It's this sort of grayish, that's the color of snow after the winter has been going on for way too freaking long. And that that ugly, dark, muddy, cold blue color mm-hmm. goes in there as well. The what, So what happens as you play the game? What are you doing? Well, I mean, you're, you're working together to complete a goal. And that's a common goal that everybody sort of maybe needs to survive. Except it's, for that one guy who may or may not be out there. And it's different um, each time, right? And it's different yeah. each time. So it could be things like go and collect heads so that you can get the brain stems. And every time you kill a zombie, you need to take their heads. And sometimes you kill them too good. Um, you don't actually collect the heads whereas it could be something like you're just trying to stockpile as many weapons as you can and then escape or get some get some fuel so you can move the camp to another location exactly and uh, each player's got a few little characters Mm -hmm. but what are some of your favorites oh gosh I don't even I like the mall Santa Uh, I think um, uh, Skippy the Wonder Dog (laughs) oh yes that's one of my favorites simply is that I think that's a reference to Grave Robbers from Outer Space. It's entirely possible that our very own Steve Tassie may have inspired that a little bit with his Grave Robbers from Outer Space game. So the the this is the first game in the Crossroads series, which is uh, which is all about stories and games. Plaid Hat Games has been really sort of pushing the idea of finding new ways to incorporate narrative into games, like you were saying. And these Crossroads cards are a very big deal. Can you walk us through how those work? So on your turn, you may choose to do an action. And at any point, um, the person, I believe, to your left, if you happen to do something particular that trips a card, they stop you immediately and they read it out. And uh, I forget how it works after that. It's been a little while since it's I It's usually a multiple choice thing. There are always two choices. And right. it's always some really tough Walking Dead style choice. Like a helico- you come across a crashed helicopter and you can hear somebody screaming for help. There are supplies in this helicopter, and you can see the pool of fuel getting closer to the flames as it expands. Do you pull the person out of the wreckage, or do you go through the supplies Take and the supplies. get the stuff? <laughs> we, we've played games of this where it's just weird moral questions where you sort of wonder, well, the guy's going to eat all the food, or we could eat the guy. <laughs> we haven't had a cannibalism happen in that game, so. It's it's. Pretty intense, and it really brings out those sort of moments because the flavor text is great, but the way that people wind up interacting with that text and arguing over what the correct moral thing to do is and arguing whether that's the same as what we need to do to win the game and stay alive and the fact that there might be somebody there who's actually working against the group's interests or maybe not. I got to be the betrayer the last time we played, (laughs) and I won. It's fantastic. Did you, uh, there's also the um, regular events that are occurring in the game too, which can trigger mm. things. Did you play on that element as well? Because there's different ways the traitor can sort of betray people's trust. My, my mission was to just wait until everyone got really like sad and a bunch of people died. And the game was heading in that direction, so I did as little as possible. And that's why they were really angry when I won at the end. She's like, you didn't do anything! I'm like, doesn't matter, still won. 
I find sometimes like that's your Hail Mary card as the betrayers to go into the sort of battle Battlestar Galactica mini game, trying to undermine all the efforts that people are doing towards this one thing, and then suddenly, how did we fail? We put so many cards in here. Oh God, we have a betrayer in our midst all along. <laughs> in, shadows, in Shadows over Camelot, when I, whenever I was the traitor, I would always be a complete angel. I would always just play exactly the same way that I would if I were loyal, but just make sure that those last two swords would get turned over at the end. It's like, oh, look at that. <laughs> so is there anything you don't care for about Dead of Winter? Any, any flaws in its design that you can see? It's a little long. Um, game length is the only thing. I mean, I'm not a guy who usually gets upset about games going a little bit longer, but for most people, I think some of the scenarios can go on quite a lot while. Like a short... Uh, scenario in the game is roughly probably about two hours hmm. on average so a long one i haven't even tried yet because it's gonna be four or five hours i imagine which... any things you think could be better about it no pretty much the best game in the world <laughs> <laughs> i've got something that i want to ask about this we talked about the play contract in an earlier episode i want to ask about this supposing you have uh, well in, in order to win at dead of winter you have to accomplish the group goal and also you have to accomplish your own personal secret goal and your secret goal is always something that makes you look like you're probably the betrayer. So supposing we're getting towards the end of a game of Dead of Winter, and it looks like the main goal is probably going to be accomplished, but you have no chance to accomplish your secret goal. There's no way you're going to do it. So you're going to lose, but the other players might win. Should you keep trying to help the group and accept that you're just going to lose, but not as badly as if both goals are failed? Or should you take the, if I can't win, nobody can win approach and try to tank the main goal, even though you're not actually the betrayer? I think that's part of the, the glory of the game, right? It's a, a moral choice that that person has to make. Um, <laughs> I did play one game of it where I went down in the blaze of glory. I was just like, well, I'm going to do as much combat as I possibly can and just kill all my characters <laughs> off. Um, we've got enough morale. I can do this. So, did, How would you feel if you were getting towards the end of a game? It looked like you were going to win and somebody who wasn't even the betrayer decided to just eat all the food and put terrible things into the, uh, the, the crisis pile. I would hate them forever. That's a mean thing to do. I don't know. That's not the kind of... Uh, that's not how I play, I guess. It would violate the play contract in your eyes. Mandy's not... play contract, yes. Yeah, Which is that's... part of the zombie apocalypse, too, right? Would you be that person who's going to... Oh, in real life, it's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different story. This is actually my one quarrel with uh, with the design of Dead of Winter, and that is that it's sort of... It, it, it's a bit incomplete, and it doesn't really tell people that this is a choice that you and your friends are going to have to make when you sit down to play this game as to what the contract is. You know, What are you actually trying to do? Are you trying to win individually, or is it fine if you sort of half win but not really when everybody else does? What, what is your real goal? What should you expect the other players to be trying to do? So what about is a snakes game? Uh, Dan, do you teach this one at the cafe? Is doing your guru thing? I've actually structured my teach down to about, I think, 15 to 20 minutes. Not bad. Um, which is pretty good for yeah. a game of that, that heft. Um, Does it usually go over well? I've only had one negative experience with it, but it was also a table which had, okay, well, you have five of you. Let's, uh, yeah, this is the perfect game for you. Oh, now you have another three people that showed up at the table, but they're Oops. just playing the game and... Now you're doing it in teams, and it's not really going to... We can't really lay that at the feet of Dead of Winter. No, no. I've had, a, I've had tremendous success with it. Um, other than table space issues and stuff like that, it's... It does take up a lot of room. It does, and it's a longer game, so it does affect turnover. But usually the type of like customers who like games like that are loyal regulars or like avid gamers, so it's a good thing. I've actually never been the betrayer in that game. Um, I'd love to be the betrayer. Oh, I'd love to be it so badly. But uh, it's never never happened for me. Um, there, there's certainly been times where 
Uh, I've hoarded things that would have benefited other players <laughs> just for the sake that I don't want that person because they could be the betrayer to have the shotgun or that sort of deal. Um, but that's another part of the game, right? Is just trying to analyze how much you trust the people around you and their actions. The, the end of my first game of Dead of Winter saw the main goal pretty much accomplished and me going last. And what I had had, I had to have a larger group than anyone else in order to win. I'd have more followers in order for me to accomplish my secret goal. And I had a couple of ways I could go about that. I could set about killing people in other players' groups, or I could convince one of my fellow players to give me some of the cards that they've been collecting. They had the firefighter in their team who rescues people and picks them up, convince them to give me some of those if I made a show of good faith. And that was the one that I went with because I knew that the player who had those extras was somebody was a woman of honor. She tended to play things according to what would, she would do in character rather than what she would think would win the game. So I did this. I took a risk. I could have died, but I took the risk. I shot some zombies and wound up securing something for the team on the condition that I do this. And she passed over the cards and everybody won and everybody accomplished their secret goal. Which is strange, because that doesn't happen all that often. No, but it was, no. it was dependent not on the game mechanics, but it was dependent on my knowledge of the personality of the people that I was playing with. And that's something that I don't recall seeing in it's, another game. It's very much a good get-to-know-the-types-of-people-at-the-table kind of game, I think. Um, it's always got different experiences. There's always you know different outcomes. Certain people argue different things with some of the uh, Crossroads cards, which can be fascinating. Um, sometimes people make decisions you would never expect them to make. So I think it's it's engaging on a social experience mm -hmm, more definitely. than most things. And that wraps it up for this week. If there's a game you'd like to see in the spotlight, tweet it to us at SnakesCast, poke us on Facebook, or use the contact form at snakesandlattes.com. Dan, Mandy, thanks for joining me. Have a great one. Game on. SnakesCast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it, not the company behind it. See you next week, everyone. Game on. Thank you.